and welcome back to the Learn to Code podcast. Well, what am I learning today? I am still working with PLSQL, working with Oracle. Um, a couple of things have changed um, between my very long lapses. The last thing, uh, the last time I was working with Oracle was um, 12 years ago, I believe. It was in 2008. Um, I was working on a Red Hat Linux server. Uh, working with uh, Oracle 11G, I believe. It was the version of the Oracle database I was working on. And much has changed, actually, uh, basically on the architecture of the database itself. Way back in the day, uh, we basically just uh, built this uh, one single database schema, and we used to store everything there. Um, When I arrived uh, into the banking sector uh, by Basically, by just stumbling upon uh, on it, uh, I was basically working for a bank here in Mexico, and um, everything was stored on a single database at the time, because um, these databases uh, tend to connect to uh, well, way back in the day, they um, they don't host their databases on the cloud. Uh, they basically do uh, they store. Uh, all the data on the movements of, of the states, you know, everything on the bank, all movements, all uh, transactions were stored um, on a local database, basically, on a local server, uh, which means that uh, the local network was basically connecting all the um, the stations to the main server on on that um, on the bank, basically, and at the end of the day, at midnight. Uh, uh, a general push of data was done via, I believe it was a VPN, um, way back in the day. Um, it was not uh, strange to see or rare to see uh, VPNs all over the place, you know, to do several things. Um, sometimes we connected to virtual machines. Sometimes we connected to remote desktop computers. Uh, Windows Remote Desktop was a very popular one, uh, but mainly at midnight, an automatic process was pushing all the data from our uh, database server up to the uh, mainframe on, on another city using a VPN was very popular. You know, uh, that was 12 years ago. The today's landscape has changed uh, very greatly. Um, uh, especially because um, uh, I've been working as a backend developer so far, uh, we get abstracted out of the work. You know, most of the time I only do, I only deal um, with a little bit of data. I don't even know who I'm serving this data to. Um, there is no more a single developer does everything. Uh, that's not a thing anymore today, you know, 2020. And the move to the cloud has been uh, slow but steady. I guess that many companies are valuing, uh, getting the value of having a cloud service, you know, of uh, the most important thing uh, besides uh, availability, besides um, control of cost, uh, cost of ownership being lower, um, basically. Uh, most than that, uh, the most valuable thing I think um, is the fact that you abstract a lot of the work. Uh, you know, not a single person is going to be able to crack how uh, the system works anymore. Um, when I was very young, when I started my career 12 years ago, 
Um, I basically was working with something that uh, I wonder if uh, it's still around, I don't know, um, with a programming language called Objective Pascal. And I was working with Delphi, you know, um, a very long time ago. And Delphi provided an IDE that basically allows you to build an entire desktop application for Windows and allows you to connect to a database very easily. And basically, uh, with very little experience on design on front-end programming, you can actually build a database application by your own. And at the time, I didn't have uh, too much experience programming, so I didn't know about design patterns, you know. I wasn't separating the views from the controller, from the models, as I am doing today. Um, so everything went on, on the same uh, code, you know, on the same file. If I was building uh, uh, a user's catalog, for example, if I'm um, building a form that you fill the form and then you create a user for the system, um, instead of uh, separating several files to manage several things, I basically just build one single uh, Delphi form, basically a desktop form with fields and buttons and basically I code everything on this single file, you know. Everything was very visual back in the day. You know, you can design an entire form, an entire window as we call it back in the day, uh, which is basically what we call today a form. Uh, you can build that uh, with a mouse. You didn't, you didn't even need to code anything. Um, Back in the day, the com um, the competitor for Delphi was, I, I believe, .NET, uh, which also has its own Visual uh, Visual Studio uh, IDE, which basically runs, uh, in, I believe it was Visual, Visual Basic way back in the day. Uh, Visual Basic uh, is gone, uh, or, or the release is dead as COBOL is right now. So uh, the thing is, uh, that was the competitor, the main competitor for Delphi. And in a very lesser extent, uh, Java, with its uh, JavaFX library, you know. Um, if you don't know, uh, Java is a programming language um, that promises that the, the bytecode that you compile with Java, uh, you're going to be able to run that uh, bytecode in whatever operated system that uh, that the Java virtual machine is able to run, um, which basically makes uh, makes you the the basically the super gives you the superpower of writing one uh, source code and being able to run on any architecture. Um, today, that's not an issue because the operated system world is already over, really. Um, uh, and the end of that world was uh, Windows, and uh, Windows is king right now on the desktop PC world. Um, Mac, uh, OS X, you know, Apple does have its own reign uh, with the Apple computers. And Linux uh, desktop is not really a thing uh, besides um, all the enthusiast Linux users, you know. Uh, it's not a main. Uh, it's not a main thing. So most of the market belongs to Microsoft right now on the desktop PC. Um, a little bit of the market belongs to Apple, and uh, a very small market uh, for desktop PCs belongs to Linux and other like BSD. You know, uh, in very minor. You know. Uh, however, 
in the server side of things, uh, there is a completely different story. Linux dominates the server side story, you know, the server side market. Um, this is obviously because not because just it's, not because it's free, but because it's better than Windows Server. Uh, for decades, uh, Windows has been trying to uh, to break into the server side of things. The truth is that um, even they recognized the need to have something like Linux, and they even used that on their Azure uh, cloud services. You know, um, well, the thing is, uh, way back in the day. The landscape in the TED world was very different, you know. Um, we were working with Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Um, that was the the Linux distribution. Obviously, the operating system was GNU Linux. And we were working with Oracle 11G. Basically, we were running that. And we connected to that using an ID called Tote, which is basically a, a database management system, you know. That allows me to connect to uh, an Oracle database and um, basically do DML um, queries to that, you know, select, insert, updates, deletes, all that, uh, and updates, obviously. So, um, uh, nothing out of the ordinary. At the time, I didn't know what Git was or because it didn't exist, I believe. Um, I At the time, uh, I wasn't controlling um the versioning of my queries even though i was uh redesigning a lot of stuff because uh, i was of the idea of having schemas for for different things the issue back in the day was that having schemas um implies that um well in back in the day uh, if i want to have a that a different database that most likely than not meant that i was going to require a new server a new physical uh, hardware server just to host that database. Because back in the day, um, the uh, we were using microservers basically in the in the um, in the realm of, uh, for example, the ProLion, uh, the HP ProLion server server line, for example. Because in the end, these servers are not going to be servicing thousands upon thousands of users. Uh, these servers are basically just to gather the data from around uh, five to ten computers on the uh, on the bank itself, and I'm not and I'm not saying the bank in the in the whole world. I mean just that um uh just that just that place, you know. Uh, let me see if I can find the word. Uh, branch offices. Well, in in that specific branch office, uh, there was a little um you know a little server there. And we were basically using that branch office um, server to basically send the data at midnight. And that was a very common practice, you know, at the time. And the real mainframe was on Mexico City, I believe, or in Monterrey City, I don't remember. Um, but the thing is that um, all the data was sent at the end of the day. So, so some, tra some transactions... Um, besides um, what we call back in the besides ATMs, most tr transactions were sent at the end of the day. Um, some transactions that require us to update at the moment were done uh, at the moment, uh, but most of the uh, of the rest of the transactions were delivered by the end of the day. You know, in a very big insert in an update of of information. You know, and and that's what basically it. So I propose to uh, redesign and remodel a lot of databases. 
thankfully, they were using a very well-designed schema for for the transaction model, and I was not going to be able to modify that one even if I wanted. Um, so I left that alone, and I was working with uh, the HR database, you know, with the uh, with the reporting database. Uh, I created a um, uh, an historic database to store uh, uh, backups for transact for important transactions, you know. And if somebody modifies data because of some reason. I did have a, um, an auditor database that basically saved um, what was the reason, the date and time of the modification, you know, uh, stuff like that. Because sometimes uh, not really transactional data, uh, money data was managed. Uh, uh, we, we didn't touch that. Uh, but most reportings, you know, uh, like, um, uh, like performance reporting and and many other reporting stuff, uh, basically management management data. Um, uh, I was able to work with that. And I was even able to build some Delphi application for the bank, you know, very basic stuff that basically just automate stuff that we were required to do anyway. So uh, a lot of tools, uh, I, I built a lot of little tools that did very simple stuff like uh, automatically, automatically, may I say, uh, generates a report and send it uh, via email or builds a, an XML, um, uh, Excel spreadsheet file, you know, um, very simple stuff, um, very useful too. So a lot of people save a lot of time and I learned a lot. I was very bad <laughs> programming at the, back in the day. Um, and I will say that I'm very bad today because uh, you never stop learning anyway. So it's never going to uh, to be a time that you can say, you know what, I already know all that I need to know about programming. Even if I'm not an expert in something, maybe I don't really need to study more. That's not going to happen ever. Because by the time that you get some mastery on some programming language or platform, a new one is going to come up and a new paradigm is going to come up. And uh, first uh, was uh, program uh, um, object-oriented programming was the new thing with Java and with .NET uh, and with Objective Pascal. So uh, and then uh, we start moving to mobile devices. You know, so instead of building these gigantic forms that fill the entire screen, uh, we were thinking about you know what? How can I use this little device called a smartphone? Uh, to the bank's um, uh, to the bank's uh, advantage, and at the time when I proposed that if they allow me to get a Mac computer to build an app to basically do transactional data and tran and bank transactions using the phone, uh, I was called a madman because, uh, well, uh, I don't think people is going to risk to get to a phone their financial data, you know because that's basically sacred for any bank. Uh, today, it's very common that you basically just uh, give your uh, credit card or debit card information to an app without thinking twice about it. Um, but back in the day, the idea of making an app that allows you to do transactions to using your, your iPhone um, was basically a no-no in the security realm. Let's remember that the financial services sector and industry is uh, is built upon trust. Uh, so we do have a lot of trust issues all the time. 
in the sense that um, uh, revolutionary ideas are not so welcome so quickly unless somebody else tests them out in, in battle, you know. And if the idea is battle-tested and proves to be uh, a success, then uh, it should be implemented. And the thing is that uh, the first one to give that step is 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 really hard to be that guy because uh, you need to get approvals from several people, you know. And it's not going to be as easy as building a a demo and just showing it to somebody, you know, because of the because uh, what imp what it implies. So the fear back in the day was if people can do most of this banking on an app on their hand in their in their smartphone. Um, then why would that person may like to go to a branch office on, of the bank? So the fear was that if we give an app to our clients, uh, uh, well, that client is not going to want to come back to the branch office to do anything. And um, actually, uh, they were very afraid that a lot of jobs were going to be lost and that uh, if that came to happen, uh, because uh, online banking was not a, a very popular thing by, back in the day, too. So that's another thing. Uh, so the idea in 2008 of doing all your banking on your phone was so, was so dangerous uh, at the time that people believed that, well, if uh, people can do their banking on the phone, on their hand, why would they come here? So why would they pay me? to be here, you know, uh, a lot of jobs were going to be lost, uh, office branches were going to be closed, uh, and, you know, uh, resistant to improve, to, resistant to change is, is a real thing in human nature. Um, I don't resist uh, change most of the time, I basically just embrace it, I adapt and build, uh, because I am a builder in the end, I build stuff, that's what I want to do, and, um, when I see a need, I build. I see an opportunity to be the first guy to build something that fixes or or satisfies that need, basically. Um, and it's been working very well for me all this time, I believe. Uh, well, after some rambling, uh, I see that it's already 1 a.m. Today is uh, April the 2nd, 2021. So I guess I should be get back to learning because I am actually learning PLSQL uh, and Udemy. Uh, and this course is, is really good for me because uh, a lot of things has changed. So I may like to go back to that. Thank you for listening to my ramblings and see you later.